You're listening to the official podcast of the Salt Lake Bees. Welcome back to the On Deck Circle. I guess is Bees outfielder Jared Oliver, who had a big three-hit game the other night here against El Paso. And first of all, Jared, uh, thanks for joining us. And also, uh, it had to feel good to finally have some drop in some open spaces for you after some tough luck early this season. Yeah, yeah. First off, thanks for having me. But yeah, you know, we've, uh, you know, I guess had a little, little bit bad luck maybe early on. Hitting the ball is hard, but, you know, right now it's just focusing on the quality of the at-bats and um, just trusting what we're doing, you know, pre-game work. And, you know, it seemed to kind of work out, you know, yesterday or two days go for the game so I know some of the numbers aren't as important as they used to be it's all about now I mean you obviously you'd like to have a great batting average but it's all about exit velo and, and spin rates and all that kind of stuff so it's not as big a deal as it used to be yeah yeah it's definitely different um but you know it just makes me realize too that you know yeah we we want you know unquote hits we want to get on base obviously help the team you know, that's one way to score runs you know that's how you win but um you know especially early on like I said now it's just trusting like hey if we are getting a good pitch to hit making good contact you know that's that's a win for right now especially and you know just trusting over the the long course of the season that you know things will kind of play out how they should obviously a career guy with the pirates organization drafted by them played in the big leagues with them and all of a sudden a rule five draft comes along and the angels uh, uh, grab you what was it like how difficult is the adjustment when you go from one organization to the other like that yeah definitely you know uh pittsburgh they gave me you know some great opportunities you know very grateful for for my time there you know from being drafted to yeah like I said making up to the big leagues um but you know it was a little you know a little different when you know the news kind of came and um obviously exciting though too because I'm a Southern California guy and um grew up you know going to some angel games so when we got the news it was uh you know obviously some excitement but also you know you started looking back on some of the memories you know with a lot of the people you had with the pirates you know some of the staff coaches um but like I said all of it's just you know a lot, a lot, of, a lot of gratefulness, I guess, I have towards them. But um, it is exciting to be here too, because you know, when you get selected, it means someone, someone wants you. Um, so I'm just happy to be here and you know, play the part, you know, how they, how they want me to. You know, you did say just a moment ago you went to some Angels games. So I'm going to have to pin you down. When you grew up in Southern California, were an Angels fan or a Dodgers fan? Yeah. So trick question. It's option C. Actually, <laughs> I was uh, um, actually grew up a, uh, a Toronto Blue Jay fan. Can't wait really a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> that happened <laughs> not too much context to it but i know in little league i was on the blue jays um you know and started picking some favorite players when i was a kid and went to a you know angels blue jays game and um you know we'd obviously go to a couple more angel games after that because toronto's a little a little far away um but yeah some reason i grew up picking their they're my team but you know we always grew up having you know vin scully and the dodgers mm-hmm. on and obviously listening and seeing you know the angels you know back in the day so kind of got the best of both worlds with both those southern california teams so now that you've experienced, which is better, uh, spring training in Florida or spring training in Arizona? Oh, I'll, I'll always be a little biased towards Arizona because I went to school out there right, too, right. and cl- a little closer to home. So I think that has the uh, my, my my take on it so far. But Florida was good; it has its beaches, but I think I'll always be a West Coast guy. It also has those four o'clock in the afternoon thunderstorms. Oh, you're not wrong about that. Florida <laughs> State League 2018. I got plenty of that, so we know how to handle that. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, before I let you go, uh, gotta ask. 
ask you too your experiences with the Pirates and getting a chance to play in the in the big leagues for them at one of the most beautiful parks in in all of Major League Baseball, PNC Park. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was uh, super grateful to you know make my debut there and um, got to get my first hit there with you know my parents and my brother in the stands. So I think that was really cool. But yeah, it's uh, it's everything they make it out to be in, in pictures and stuff. So it was really cool to to you know debut obviously there, but had to be I guess the home team as well. Um, really, really cool to look back on. Always, always remember it. What was that first hit? Uh, chopper up the middle that I beat out. Jason Kipnis got it and kind of made a bang bang play, and he threw it over the first base and uh, beat it out, and they gave me the hit. So I'll uh, I'll take it. <laughs> Line drive in the box court. Absolutely. There you go, <laughs> Jared. Appreciate your time. Best of luck with you. Hopefully this uh, turnaround uh, continues for you, and you'll get that chance to get back to the bigs. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. As always. Welcome back to the On Deck Circle. Our guest is the Bees, Taylor Jones, who had a big four-hit night last night for the Bees, drove in four runs. And first of all, Taylor, thanks for joining us. And uh, uh, I guess the old saying is, if you can't beat them, join them. But in baseball, if you can't beat them, sign them. Because I recall last year, you went 6-for-12 with four doubles and five runs batted in in a handful of games against the Bees in September. Yeah, I mean, uh, I enjoy playing in Salt Lake. It's a beautiful stadium and beautiful environment and uh, was always excited to play against the Angels. What was the, uh, the, the deciding factor on signing with the Angels? Just a good organization. You know, you can tell that they're building something up in the big leagues and, and throughout their minor league system. Um, they, I feel like they're bringing a, a new approach, and, and the way that they go about business is different from what the Astros um, have over there, but something very bright, and I think it's something to look forward to. You know, one of the things about AAA is you're always kind of looking over your shoulder to find out what's happening in the big leagues. Maybe that chance is. How difficult is it when the AAA team and the big league team are only 20 miles apart? Yeah, I try not to think too much about all that. You know, it's always nice having everything uh, local for guys if, if they're moving around. But um, for me, you know, being on the West Coast is a huge thing. I got a family in, in Seattle, and being in Arizona for spring training was awesome. So, you know, being able to be in Salt Lake and then hopefully one day in Anaheim is uh, kind of a cherry on top. You know, last night, as I mentioned, uh, the four-hit game, four runs batted in, and uh, that had to feel good because uh, you've had a tough time getting balls to drop in for you, and that had to be give you really a big lift. Yeah, you know, it's kind of been a tough stretch, so was looking just to put together some good at-bats and um, had some fall in my favor a little bit last night and put the bat on some good balls. So it just, you know, that's kind of how baseball works, and uh, hopefully I just keep, keep it rolling. It was one of those that fell in your favor, fell on the other side of the fence, so, so that had to feel real good. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, you know, putting one out is always nice, and this is a very uh, hitter-friendly park, so you got to take advantage when you can. Early in the season, you kind of split time between third base and first, but now you've uh, primarily been playing third. Is that where you feel more comfortable? I think it's more of like a development uh, aspect, trying to get more reps over there just because I haven't had a whole lot of time in my career over there. Um, so I'm just trying to embrace it and, and do what I can to, to play and, and get more reps over there. I know it's uh, not the easiest position, and there's a reason they call it the hot corner. You discovered that on a few occasions. That ball comes at you in a hurry over there. Yeah, it does. Obviously, I'm trying to work every day to uh, – kind of get better at that and, and get used to those hard ground balls and hopefully over time I can improve that. Uh, what are your thoughts about uh, this particular team that you're on now because even though it's been kind of a rough uh, go of it the last couple of weeks it's one of the best clubhouses I've seen in my 30 years. It's a really talented team and I know we're going through a, a tough stretch right now but sometimes that's how baseball goes you know you see a lot of good teams at all levels that they go through rough patches and sometimes it's about getting momentum and, and getting that ball rolling so I, I'm sure by the end of this year it'll look a lot different than it is now but uh, we just got to take it one game at a time and, and get that ball rolling. 
When it comes time to uh, kicking back and relaxing, what do you like to do? Uh, big Netflix documentary guy. Uh, other than that, you know, I'm, I'm on the phone with family, friends, trying to chat it up with them as much as I can, stay in contact. Um, and yeah, other than that, I'm just kind of hanging out, and I, I like streaming my uh, TV. You know, it's interesting because when I started back in the mid-90s, the only way you could be in contact with your family is either collect calls or a, one of those phone pay cards at the pay phones. And now with the cell phones, you can it's a lot easier to stay in touch with family, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, every time we have uh, family events, I'm practically there virtually. We always do like a Skype call or what, what have you. So it's a lot easier nowadays, and it's um, I'm thankful that I'm able to still you know stay in touch with everybody every day and, and be a part of their lives. Exactly, especially because you're, you're playing in a city that's not your home and you're traveling a lot. It's tough to maintain contact, and the technology today really makes it a lot easier, and you can still feel a part of the family. For sure, and I think over the years, sometimes you get so consumed with what you're doing in front of you at the ballpark and with the team that sometimes you kind of forget to reach out. So I've tried to make it more of a point the last few years to really make sure that I'm you know, making phone calls and reaching out to family and friends. Taylor, hopefully last night's a launching pad for the rest of the season. Good luck to you, and hopefully you get that call up again soon. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Welcome back to the On Deck Circle. Our guest is B's first base and defensive coach Jack Santor. First of all, on the air for the first time, welcome to Salt Lake. And uh, uh, last year you were at uh, Tri-City, and I know there's a lot of difference, but this is such a unique level. What's the biggest difference for you from your job between high A and triple A? Not much. I mean, it's baseball's baseball. So at every level, we're doing the same thing and working the same way, preparing to get ready for a game. So nothing changes as far as that goes um, at any level. Of course, uh, maybe I would see at sometimes, and hopefully this isn't the case, that the younger players may be a little more teachable than the guys who are set in their ways. You'd be surprised. I think at every level you'll find that, and then you'll find the opposite, and it goes from all the way up. Some guys need more, some guys need less, but it's the same um, that I found it at every spot. You know, I find this team uh, particularly unique from the standpoint that while, yes, the errors have been made second most in the league, this has also been a pretty good defensive team at times. I agree. Um, and so if you look back at the balls that are put in play, there's a lot of balls that are hit over 100 miles an hour mm-hmm. everywhere, especially in Albuquerque and Las Vegas where the field was very hard. And, yeah, there might be some mistakes, but there's also a lot of really good things happening. So it's hard to, to look at it in both ways unless you're here every day and seeing it. And so I've been pretty pleased. Yeah, there's been some mistakes, but there's mistakes that are going to happen all the time, and, and you work from it and get better. And, uh, again, it's, it's a unique situation here this year with the fact that you've got four guys who haven't worked together before as far as the coaching staff is concerned, but it seems like you guys have blended really well. Oh, you have to. I mean, you don't have any other choice. Everyone wears everyone's hat, and everyone's doing everyone's job, so to speak, here, and everyone's together. There's only so many of us, so you're always working together and, and, and doing what's best. The one thing I like is the fact that the organization, uh, especially with a guy like KJ, who's managed here before, has brought the aggressiveness back on the base paths. I think 19 out of 21 in the stolen base department and something I've seen in the past before when KJ's coaching third scoring Adele from first base on a base hit to the outfield taking advantage of a lapse in defense by the opposition that's Angels baseball that's what we preach at every level especially anywhere and so yeah that's uh we're happy to see that and, and want to see it continue. It's not easy. It, it, we take we like to take what the, what the opposition gives us mm-hmm. and make sure we're ready for that and then everything else is kind of extra. 
you know, you, uh, people might not know it. You were the first base coach for Team Italy in the uh, recent uh, WBC. Uh, what was that experience like? Unbelievable. Um, I didn't get a chance to coach in the big leagues or be in a, in a big league clubhouse. So you play an event like that, and it, and it feels like what postseason atmosphere would be like in MLB. Um, and then just being around all the guys and the different organizations, there's just so much stuff that you get to learn and take from um, in an event like that. You file away any uh, scouting reports on your own team for future reference. Hundred percent, and then you get to you get to just learn little tidbits that it, all other guys and other teams do. Take it in and, and use it use it as you want. I know that you played a lot of baseball professionally in Italy. What was that like? Unbelievable, um, great experience. I had an owner that would do anything for me, and really took care of us. And then he would sit behind home plate and, and scream at you if you did something bad, which is not always what you hear from an owner mm-hmm. when you're playing in, in pro ball. So you really learn to compete and, and learn that that today is is today, and, and we're going after the win today, and, and nothing else matters. Um, great experience finally uh one of your jobs your one of your duties here is you you get the scouting report ready the game plan ready for the games and what have you and uh, it always amazes me when i started uh, doing this job in the mid 90s the idea of a scouting report was one guy going to another and saying hey you faced him before what does he throw now you have so much information how do you disseminate all of that and not overdo it it's a lot of that what you just said that that still happens so nothing's changed now we just have information to go along with that so we have information we prepare for it we use it but then it always comes down to that like who's on the mound who's doing this who's doing that and we'll adjust accordingly nothing is as concrete as some people think it is analytically wise well, again, uh, we appreciate your enthusiasm, and we're looking forward to a fun summer here at the ballpark. And, uh, again, welcome to Salt Lake, and uh, we'll do this again. Thank you. Circle. I guess is B's hitting coach Joel Chamelis, who's uh, in his first year in the Angels organization after several years uh, in the Mets organization. First of all, welcome uh, to Salt Lake, and I've got to ask you, uh, uh, how did things come about that you ended up in the Angels organization? Well, um, after uh, being with the Mets for five years, they made quite a few changes. And uh, I was fortunate to n- enough to know uh, Tony Jaramillo, who's the hitting coordinator, and Joe Bell Jimenez, who's assistant hitting coordinator. And we've worked together in the past. And so it was easy to make the transition into the Angels organization just because they knew me so well. And I feel pretty comfortable and, and confident in working with these guys. And it was it's a great opportunity. It was like a perfect fit, in my, you know, in my opinion. You know, uh, hitting coaches have their own theories. Obviously, organizationals have their own uh, ideas as well. How do yours blend with what the Angels want to do? You know, right now, it's just basically we're trying to hit mistakes. Uh, we're trying to get and take advantage of those pitches. Um, the pitcher, where he throws the ball where he wants to, pretty much, you know, we're not going to make good contact. But we got to be ready for those mistakes, and when they do make those those mistakes, we got to make them pay. We're going to try to make solid contact and barrel the ball. A couple of guys I wanted to ask you about. One, of course, is obviously Joe Adele is a guy that uh, you know. A couple of years ago, when I first saw him, uh, he tried to hit everything 500 feet, and the other night was maybe one of the best at bats I'd ever seen from Joe uh, with uh, the runner at third and uh, full count. He just very calmly went the other way, brought in the tying run in the ninth inning. He's really matured as a hitter. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't know Joe, um, and I've heard a lot about him going into spring training. And his work ethic during spring training has been great. Since spring training, he's had a good approach, and he's, it's carried on into the season. His, You know, the work in the cage, the BP uh, routines, uh, he's been great. Hasn't deviated from it, and it's been, you know, it shows. 
Another guy I wanted to ask you about is Trey Cabbage. When he hits the ball, it goes a long way. I know he, uh, I think he might have dented a car or two during batting practice the other day. But he, he's what's impressive about him. He's capable of hitting that way to all fields. Yeah, you know, it's funny because when I saw him in spring training, I was like, wow, this guy has something special. Like, the ball really jumps off his bat. And then, you know, I've heard some things about him where he, he did this, he did that. And um, just working with Cabbage, you know, it's been a lot of fun, first of all. And just making minor adjustments. You know, he started off making this one move during spring, uh, early in the season. And we talked about it. And I don't know if it was just that, but it seemed to click. And he was putting himself in a better position. And like you said, he's able to hit the ball far to all fields. You know, one thing, uh, too, it seems like one of the things you do, as I observe, is you, you preach and uh, speak with a lot of uh, patience. There's some guys who've been through some pretty rough stretches uh, this season here in the early going, but now they all seem to be coming out of it a little bit. I know Jordan Adams, it was nice to see him uh, have one fall in, and a couple of other guys who had some long offers, uh, Mickey Moniak, but they're all kind of turning around. How important is patience? It's very important. You know, this season is six months long. We're just ending the first month of the season. we got five more to go. And you got to be patient because if you're, as a hitting coach, anxious or desperate, it kind of, it's a negative energy. You know, you got to show them that you have patience. You're going to listen to what they say. Um, and I have three girls. And as a father, you know, you communicate a certain way to have a, a dialogue with your kids. And it's, it's pretty much the same way. And you just want to show them, you know, patience, confidence. And listen to the player. It's very important. It's not just your way. It's, you know, it's a give and take. So I always want the player to feel like it's coming from them and they have a lot of input, you know, when it comes to their career. And finally, Joel, uh, I was uh, teasing you the other day. I said I did some research. And uh, in 1995 with the Phoenix Firebirds, you were tied for the team lead in both uh, homers and runs batted in against Salt Lake. And I liked your response. You were a good hitter. <laughs> yeah, I was I wasn't a very big guy and um but I hit the ball pretty hard. I used to drive the ball really well, hit a lot of doubles and some home runs. And and that's part of my teachings when I teach hitting. You know, I wasn't a very big guy but I was able to drive the ball because I always felt like I was, you know, mechanically in a pretty good position. I made minor adjustments here and there. But overall, I, I got the most out of my body, and that's what I want to, you know, teach these guys. And these guys are a lot bigger and stronger. So if they can work in the proper sequence in the right way, I mean, they can get a, a lot out of their, their swing. Joel, appreciate your time. Uh, continued success, and great to have you here in Salt Lake. Thank you. Great to be here. Right.